the future of retail Asia with June and Imran, powered by AI Amazing. Welcome back to another episode of the Future of Retail Asia, one of the top 50 retail podcasts in the world. My name is Imran. And I'm Jun. Today, we have Jeremy Wong from Atomi joining us over Zoom. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Hi, guys. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jeremy. Jeremy is the head of strategic partnerships at Atomi, where he sets the growth strategy and commercial frameworks uh, for the company across the region. And he has a wealth of experience in the tech or consumer space, previously taken on similar roles in strategic partnerships and business growth in companies like Faith. So we're really excited to hear his insights and expertise uh, in the digital payments and consumer industry. Welcome again. Yeah, I think Atomi is a huge player in the buy now, pay later market, right? Especially in the Singapore and the region. So maybe to start off, right? Uh, maybe uh, could Jeremy give us our audience a brief introduction about like what is buy now, pay later? And what kind of transaction or what kind of traction is have been gaining in the market? Sure, thanks, Jun. Um, so Atomi is a buy now, pay later, and what we do is it's a new form of payment. It allows customers to split their purchase into three zero interest um, uh, payments we, uh, when they buy a product and there's no fees involved, right? And I think for us, we see very huge traction as more and more consumers and businesses go digital. And more importantly, as millennials and Gen Z start to have uh, purchasing power. Um, to give you an example, if, uh, in Singapore, if you purchase something for $150, you can split that into three different installments, right? So $50 you pay today and another $50 you pay 30 days later and the final $50 you pay at 60 days uh, mark. I see. And um, so that's for the consumer, right? Could you share a bit more, right? When you guys work with merchants, for example, and you talked about buy, buy now, pay later, um, how, how does it... Uh, impact the, 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 the various stakeholders within the retail ecosystem? What, what benefits does it drive? It brings a, a, a new dimension to the purchasing ecosystem, right? So traditionally, businesses and retailers, when they sell items with high ticket uh, prices, uh, the customers may not be able to afford it. But with Atomi coming in with buy now, pay later, uh, we come in and allow the customer to split it, then thereby it increases the affordability for the consumer. And a lot of merchants that have come on board to Atomi, we see that their sales not only increase, they also get new customers. And more importantly, those customers that purchase also see an increase in the basket size. I think on average, we see anywhere between uh, 30 to 40% kind of increase of uh, the average ticket sizes that each consumer purchase. So, that's the direct benefit that we that, that the merchants always get to uh, gain from signing up on Atomi. Right. So it's, it's uh, a bit more than just an alternative mode of payment. That is actually very uh, significant. Actually, it's not it's not even uh, uh, incremental. It's quite a significant jump in things like uh, traffic acquisition as well as basket size from what we hear. Yeah, I think you mentioned about like seeing the like buy now pay later just more than a uh, like. Uh, payment method, right? So what other ways do you think that like buy now, pay later will empower, empower the entire e retail ecosystem? Uh, thanks for that question, Jun. So, so the way we view Atomi is we are definitely not only a, a payments platform, 
I think what we're trying to build with um, not only the retailers, but also the consumer is an entire ecosystem of um, digital services, right? From uh, payment, fintech, and even content social point of view. Uh, the first view we we want to go in with is definitely introduce this new form of payment by not being related to the retailers. And then from there, building the ecosystem with more data points and also giving out new products to to the merchants for them to feel like, you know, they are growing with us together. Yeah, so so there's there's a lot of very interesting implications, right? So the nature of uh, buy now, pay later, pay later being a digital payment format, uh, we could look at how it applies to online merchants, offline merchants, omni-channel merchants, and there's lots of then, therefore, data being collected uh, for the merchant side, for the consumer side. Uh, how you guys... How do you guys uh, look at data and, and try to derive insights to, to, to benefit the whole ecosystem and all the merchant partners that you guys work with? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting question. So, so I think one, one key distinction that uh, Buy Now Pay Later has from, you know, even e-wallets and credit card is mm-hmm. how instant we can uh, provide credit to to users, right? If if you remember, if you apply for credit card, even until today, you have to fill in so many forms and so many documents, and and it takes like maybe what quickest is ten working days to get a response on the credit limit, uh, on whether or not you're being approved, right? I think with Atomi, um, we are able to give users that within like you know one to two minutes upon registration, right? The moment you register yourself, we do your KYC. We'll give you a limit based on how our backend scoring system knows you as a consumer. So from a customer point of view, uh, we are able to give that instant limit to all these customers who were previously uh, credit staffed, right? Um, now, on the retailer's point, uh, when we started buying up it was a very conscious decision for us to go omnichannel, like you said. And the reason is because we recognize that although digital is something that's really really strong and growing really fast in the past two years uh, the offline segment is still something that uh is will play a significant part of their sales right and so whenever we speak to a brand it's not only covering their e-commerce websites also offline channels uh, but also seeing how they engage their consumers through social means uh, whether it's instagram facebook or even now TikTok, right and we also try to get into that to to engage their consumers that way so if you can think about it, the omni-channel, um, we, we always talk about O2O, right? Everyone always thinks offline to online. Um, but a lot of us also now are talking about, you know, online to offline. How do we then close that loop of um, not only serving customers, merchants, and but also getting more data points from that. So what we gather is not only on their transaction data, but also how they browse and also the traffic volumes. Um, how do they then spend onto a discount of different channels and create a story and a narrative of the, the consumer demographic we have for each brand. Cool. Maybe you can share with us like few merchant like success story and some of the use cases, a case study that you can share with the audience. Sure. Um, uh, I think what we see in Singapore, we have a, a very key partner. I think it's, uh, I believe it's the Alpha Time Group. They are a distributor for brands like Zara, Marks and Spencer, Bershka, right? Um, when we onboard them like across the board, they see about 30% of consumer spend increase um, after they sign up with Atomi. Um, and, and we also have this, uh, you know, uh, regional partner called Zalora, 
uh, when we started with them in Singapore and Malaysia, we even in soft launch itself, right? We're already seeing like a 70% growth um, in consumers using Atomi, right? Um, now, I know we like to always, uh, people always like to say that, you know, these are cannibalizing and whatnot, but because the nature of our platform works is that we actually direct traffic to the website. Uh, we don't cannibalize um, uh, their, their traffic. So we are able to also see uh, the kind of new users that come through there and they are also able to track it. So I think these are the two brands. Um, the third one, which I really want to touch upon is um, Apple in Malaysia. And this is one of uh, the keystone cases that we have. And, and I think it's very, very proud of the Tomi team because before we signed Apple, you know, electronics is always, a, it's been deemed a, a category that we're more cautious with to, to come on board with because of the credit implications. Uh, but given it's Apple, we, the team said, let's try, let's experiment on it. And we've had them on for about a year now. And data has shown that firstly, a lot of these purchases are done through debit cards, right? I think eight out of 10 customers are using debit cards for transactions. And this is almost unheard of because when you buy a MacBook, you know how you usually like to buy with credit cards, right? So debit card represents like a huge shift in the behavior that we would have thought would become. Um, this does not actually translate into any kind of fraudulent or risky activity, actually. Our, our receipt has said that you know, Apple as a brand actually outperform a lot of other peers and even uh, brands from other categories in terms of uh, fraud and delinquencies. So we are able to manage that even with uh, giving for, for users that has no credit card. So I think that's something that to be proud of and really just goes to show the kind of strength that uh, Atomi has, uh, not only in terms of the front end for platform and apps, but also in terms of our back end. How do we go about scoring customers? How do we manage risk? and simultaneously giving the value to merchants. That's uh, fascinating. So I think it's, it's very clear how uh, uh, a player like Atomi can uh, help the consumers uh, uplift the, 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 the retailers as well, uh, especially in, in, in this uh, period of recovery. Uh. Um, I think that's it uh, with the space evolving uh, and being very, very dynamic, right? So all sorts of players are moving and going cross-functionally, right? So every every marketplace and every app is aspiring to be the next super app, including with payments, including with various product uh, features. Uh, so, so those are some movements in the market. You also mentioned uh, uh, certain questions from partners like the issue of cannibalization, uh, the, issue, the real issues that have to do with, with competitive and, and fraudulent uh, risk and stuff like that. How, how do you see this from, from uh, Atomic POV, right? What were the challenges and as well as opportunities that you guys foresee coming up next? Um, I think that, that that's fascinating because whenever someone asks us this question, we, we always like to compare it to maybe three, four years ago mm -hmm. um, with the emergence of e-wallets, right? Everyone was also asking us the kind of challenges you see. Uh, we, we like to always view challenges as opportunities, right? And, and the kind of parallels that we see with e-wallets and with BNPL today are quite similar. Um, firstly, I think um, in with society as a whole, we, we are at an like inflection point. More and more users are on digital um, and, and we also have more and more businesses coming on board on the digital payment, right? Um, what is a stark difference that we observe is how many, the number of merchants that come inbound to actually ask us and say, hey, I'm interested to come on board to me. I'm interested to, to get BNPL as a service. I think that has really increased 
um, in in the past year or so. So that will be the first first challenge that we we faced. Um, and I, I would say, by and large, we have um, brought about quite a good merchant awareness and quite a good uh, merchant education program that the team has done. So I think that's one. Uh, secondly, it's also for us. How do we serve them once they come on board? And that's why we have this entire online to offline to online kind of uh, 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 loop that we are building um, to continuously serve their needs. And because it's really dynamic these days, things can change really fast. Things evolve really quickly. So we're always reacting to that change really, really fast. Right? It's trying to adapt to that. Um, and there's also another case that we can't ignore, which is the regulatory side, right? Um, as far as you know, Binary Pillager is is a very very fast growing space. Uh, we are also in close conversations with the local authorities, the local regulators, to be in conversation with them and share the kind of work that we do to not only help the brands grow, but also to give consumers the credit. Um, sustainably, right? So we are not going to be just grow at all costs kind of principle, um, but we are a, a grow but grow sustainably kind of a, a model over here. Interesting. I think zooming out from a micro point of view for the retail and the offline businesses, right? I think you mentioned about like just now. Are there any industry trends that the consumer or retailer should watch out for? Um, like in terms of like, I think we. When we was discussion about like uh I think last time, right? You mentioned about the buy now pay later 2.0. I think that would be very, very interesting. Maybe you can share with uh, us more about like the what is like buy now pay pay later for 2.0. Yeah, so so if 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 you can sort of visualize this this sort of growth and progression, right? Mm-hmm. Um the way we see it uh, at 1.0, a lot of the um the work done is to build a foundation. And and lay the groundwork, right? So that means you know get your merchant network, um, uh, increase uh, uh, consumer adoption, and then also enhance your payment capabilities, right? It's whether or not to make sure your system is always there, system is, is always up, and you know payment is done as quickly as possible. Vinyl pay later BNPL two point zero will actually build upon that in a sense where we'll start to introduce more products for the consumers to enjoy. I think you already see this in the form of Atomi Plus in in Singapore. So with the reward points, you know we we will likely expand that regionally um, once we see more success, and and we're seeing pretty pretty good traction and adoption in the Singapore market already. Um, on top of that, uh, we can as an ecosystem we can never be closed loop, right? We can't be a, a closed wall a closed wall uh, garden wall, right? We need to work with industry players. We need to work with partners across the markets to make sure that we continue to deliver value to the merchants and consumers. So um, open loop payment service, things like co-branded credit cards, e-wallets, and and so on. Um, this should definitely accelerate BNPL acceptance because then the users can use BNPL at more places. Merchants can accept them at, at uh, uh, to more customers, and so you know it's like a flywheel. If more consumers use them, more merchants will sign on board, and it becomes that loop again. Um, lastly, once you have all this, you know how do you then introduce more value-added service to the merchants as well, right? Uh, merchants, I think, uh, is 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 uh, is a very key partner for us, and we always want to make sure that you know we introduce more capabilities like CRM, co-marketing campaigns, 
uh, a lot of loyalty rewards that they can do leverage upon as well. Again, essentially connecting them to the consumers through more and more services. That's a great segue towards the, the, the closing. So you, you, you mentioned at the start um, that you went omni-channel because physical retail is still a very key uh, segment of business for your partners, right? Um, so our question is, do you think physical retail will continue to be king? Um, I think, so, so, so firstly, physical retail always flourish because we as consumers like to always visit store, right? And, and uh, yes, e-commerce brings that convenience, but nothing beats an experience of walking into a shopping mall, going to a retail store and trying on clothes or trying on products, right? And having that human interaction. So I feel that physical retail will still be a significant part of any brand and any business owner. Um, having said that, you know, the digital art side of it is definitely catching up a lot and it's already a very decent chunk. So uh, every mall owner, every every brand owners now need to actually take these two into account in their growth strategy, in their business planning. Absolutely agree. Yeah, I think um, come to the final question we always ask our guests, right? I think if you have a mall manager in front of you today, what would be one piece of advice to him on her? Um, yeah, I think a, a very a very good advice is to always embrace change, um, because change is the only concern you have, right? And and don't be resistant to it. Uh, you know, with the pandemic, it's really taught us that you know you need to always adapt and adapt, um, and start small. Uh, try fast, you know, even if you fail, you, you, you get lessons learned from there. So change is something that people will need to always be used to. And, and from there, iterate and, and continue to grow. I see. I think there's one point that I want to bring before uh, our, before we end our conversation. I think we discussed this before. It's actually the shopping pattern from the Western and the Asia is very, very different, right? So just now you mentioned about like the e-commerce and offline things. I think I recall like some of the conversation that we had uh, previously is actually like you mentioned about like you see actually uh, you see that like when Atomi start at the Southeast Asia that um, that you already know that you need to be very focused on the offline market, right? So yeah, like maybe you can share a little bit more about that for, for us. In terms of our strategy, in terms of ongoing yeah. offline, is it? Yes. Yeah, I think the reason is because we always know that online and offline will never replace each other. It will always be a complementary um, space, right? And and every brand will recognize that. So, you know, um, yes, the lockdown and all the various lockdowns in the past two years, you know, we've moved largely uh, online. But once the economy opens up, you know, people tend to go out more, right? Um, and, and it is us... Uh, from from our experiences of looking at data of how consumers shop, we recognize that offline will always be uh, a significant chunk of the mall's business. So in our strategy, it's consciously um, made that the partners we work with, whether it's you know PSPs and, and e-commerce enablers and even technology platforms, we want to make sure there's always an offline element there. And just so to capture a very complete and holistic view of our partners and to be able to serve our customers more accurately, right? Um, let's also not forget because 
BNPL, while it's a form of payment, the backbone of it is, is a bit more financial service related. So having more data from offline and online would also help us to serve and score our customers better. So, so hence why that strategy of keeping uh, online and offline. Makes sense. And, and if you had a merchant or retailer in front of you, what would your piece of advice to him or her be? I think um, it is to try small, keep trying, on, uh, keep, uh, keep experimenting. And, and then from there, even if it fails, he's able to get lessons learned. And if he succeeds, he succeeds big. So what's the harm for trying? <laughs> Iterative methods, right? That's uh, right. Yeah. That's so, right. So, yeah. so Jeremy, thanks so much. You used so much golden advice in a very short conversation. Uh, with this, unfortunately, we've come to the end of the episode. Uh, thanks again for sharing your insights on this episode. If you, uh, for those watching, if you want to get in touch with Jeremy or ask him any questions, of course, send your questions to our socials and uh, I'm sure Jeremy will be more than happy to uh, get in touch with you or answer your questions as well. So uh, please tune in to our next episode of The Future of Retail Asia. See you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. How will retail change post-pandemic? Download the Future of Retail white paper from our website, aimazing.co.